Iris had entered Rosemary's sitting room to find her sitting at her desk and weeping bitterly. Iris had never seen Rosemary cry before. It frightened her, although Rosemary had been ill with influenza, and she knew that it could leave you depressed. Rosemary, what's wrong? she cried. Rosemary wiped her tear-stained face. Nothing, she said angrily. Then she stood up and ran out of the room. Puzzled, Iris walked over to the table and saw her own name on a piece of paper. Rosemary had been writing to her. She read the note. Darling Iris, there isn't any point in making a will because my money goes to you anyway but I'd like some of my things to be given to particular people. To George, the jewellery he's given me. To Gloria King, my cigarette case. To Maisie. The note stopped there. What did it mean? Rosemary wasn't going to die. She had been very ill, but she was better now. My money goes to you anyway. Iris had always thought Uncle Paul's fortune would go to George if Rosemary died, but it said here that the money would come to her instead. That did make things rather less unfair. She was surprised by the thought. Had she felt it was unfair for Rosemary to get all Uncle Paul's money? Perhaps deep in her heart she had. Rosemary always had everything. Parties, pretty dresses, young men in love with her, and an adoring husband. Iris picked up the finished letter and put it safely away in one of the drawers of the desk. After the fatal birthday party, it was used to prove that Rosemary had been depressed after her illness and might have been considering suicide. Depression after influenza was the verdict given at the inquest. Now Iris wondered how she had not been able to see the truth. After Rosemary's funeral, the family lawyer had explained the details of Paul Bennett's will to Iris. Rosemary had inherited his fortune, and she was meant to pass it on to her own children when she died. But if she died childless, the money would go to Iris when she reached the age of 21, or when she got married. George invited Iris to continue living with him. He suggested that her aunt, Mrs Lucilla Drake, should also come and live with them. Mrs Drake had very little money of her own because her son spent it all and so she was very pleased by George's invitation. Iris had happily agreed to the arrangement. George treated her like a younger sister, and Mrs Drake, who was a rather silly woman, let her do just as she pleased. The new household settled down comfortably together. Six months after Rosemary's death, Iris had gone up into the attic of the house to look for a favourite jumper, which was packed away in a suitcase of clothes she did not wear. Searching through the suitcase, 
she found an old robe that had belonged to Rosemary and felt something in one of the pockets. She reached into the pocket and pulled out a letter in Rosemary's handwriting. Darling, I know you don't mean it. We love each other. We can't just say goodbye. We belong together forever and ever. I don't care what people say. Love matters more than anything. You once said that life was nothing without me. And now you say that our relationship must end. But I can't live without you. Can't, can't, can't. George will understand that it isn't right to live together if you don't love each other anymore. We'll be wonderfully happy, darling. But we must be brave. I shan't tell George until after...